Hey there, and welcome to the Unlikely Artist Podcast, where I'll teach you how to gain the freedom you need to become who you want, instead of who you've been telling yourself you need to be. I'm Heather Kerr. I went from international tax to art and coaching because those are the things I've been yearning to do. Listen in to find out how you can start doing what you love to in slow, easy steps each week. Let's dive in now. Welcome back, Savvy Souls. I've noticed how often I begin my episodes by commenting on another podcast I've listened to. I guess that's because I live in the country and I spend a lot of time walking my dogs. I also live alone. So even when I'm doing dishes or cooking or doing errands or things like that, I do really love to listen to podcasts because there's so many out, out there on such a huge variety of topics. And it's such a great way to select the specific information I want to hear that day. In any case, there's this outfit called Hidden Brain. And one of the weekly episodes that they produce is called My Unsung Hero. And these are little stories that people share about the kindnesses that other people have extended to them, little things that have perhaps been unrecognized before, which is, of course, why it's called Unsung Hero. In any case, this morning, they had a story about this young mother who was having to travel alone with a couple, I think she had a baby and a toddler, something like that, and all this luggage and stuff. And as she was trying to get her luggage coming off the plane, it became pretty clear she couldn't manage everything that she had with her stroller and her luggage and the the kids. And a stranger stopped to help her. And she tried to wave the stranger away and said, hey, you know, it's okay, I've got this. And the other woman said, you know, I'm a mother I don't think you've got this. You'll need to prove to me that you can actually manage all that stuff by yourself and I'll leave you alone. Otherwise, I'm going to help you. And so she did. And the woman received her help and it made a big difference to her, made it a lot less stressful and made it possible for her to travel alone. So here it was a few years later and she was still thinking about that pretty small act of kindness. This got me thinking about how it's the little things we do for each other that make such a difference, that give us a sense of connection and belonging, and a feeling that we're all in this together. I think these little acts of kindness are so important when so many of us experience loneliness we're either alone or maybe we're even surrounded by friends and family, but there's been this feeling of disconnection that can be quite painful. If you read about loneliness these days, there are so many people feeling it, so many people feeling disconnected and alone in the world, even surrounded by other people. I don't know exactly what has brought this on. I think part of it is we're on our phone so much and we're in the digital world so much. I think part of it too was exaggerated uh, by us going through COVID and 
a lot of us getting to be a little bit hermit-like or just developing habits of not being as outgoing as we used to. In any case, I think there is a loneliness epidemic. And one cool thing I've noticed in the midst of all of this is that these little acts of kindness that we can experience in our day-to-day interactions can make us, each one of us, feel so much better. And a cool thing is that these little acts of kindness work in both directions. And by that, I mean, when someone helps us or is unexpectedly kind to us, that makes us feel really good. But also when we have a chance to be kind ourselves, that also makes us feel really good. And, you know, another benefit is when we hear about acts of kindness, we also get a chance to feel good. So it's kind of this multiplier effect. It goes in all directions, these little acts of kindness, this ripple effect. It all creates that same feeling, a sense of lightening up inside, maybe a toning down of our sense of cynicism, a reduction in our pessimism, a reduction in our judgment of other people or self-criticism. So today in this episode, I want to share a few of my experiences more recently, just to illustrate how the smallest things can make a difference. I had this experience, I think it was last week, maybe the week before. I was parking and I got a parking ticket because I had placed my ticket upside down in the windshield. And so I had a ticket. So I thought, I'm just going to pop over to the services center that adjudicates the parking tickets and uh, just ask them if they'll waive it, which they wouldn't. But while I was there, I realized, oh, it would be a good chance to renew my license. My license expires not until October, but the lady, since I'd waited in line, the lady behind the desk said, hey, you could renew your driver's license because it's coming due. And I thought, oh, that's, that's a good idea. Then I realized I needed to get new license plates. What I've been doing, apparently quite illegally, is in Ontario, they issued these license plates for cars and they were made improperly. So there was kind of this coating on top that all kind of bubbled up and started to come off. So you couldn't read the license plate. Uh, I didn't really want to change my license plate because that meant I'd have to change the numbers. So what I've been doing the last couple of years, because I'm an artist, is I've been actually painting my license plate, but actually that is illegal, even though I'm painting the exact um, letters of my license plate. Anyway, the woman was great. She said, why don't you change your license plate now too? We can take care of it all together. So you don't have to come in here and stand in line again. And I thought this was really great. She wasn't being bureaucratic. She was being super helpful. But She said, oh, if you want to change your license plate, you're going to have to 
bring in your plates. And she said, I'll just wait for you here while you go get them. And I was like, oh, like, I, I don't have a screwdriver. I'll have to come back. But meanwhile, in the background, I could hear this guy just who is waiting in line behind me say to the people around him, anybody have a screwdriver? And then he pops up and says, hey, no problem. I'll go out. I'll get your license plate from the car. And when she issues you the new license plate, I'll take it out and help you put it on your car. So it was so amazing. He did that. And she waited for me. So I got everything done. I got my new license. I got license plates on my car that are now legal and not painted by me. And I was feeling really great. I was feeling great about the guy. I was feeling great about the woman not being bureaucratic. So of course, I took one of the little review sheets that she had on her desk and I wrote her this review, a good review about the great experience I had there. And she said, oh, this is so great because now I can put it up on the bulletin board and these little notes make us all feel so much better about our jobs. So there, all of us were grinning. The guy who'd helped me, the woman behind the desk, me, and the people who all witnessed this. It was just this joint love fest. And I left there feeling really good. Who who walks out of a bureaucratic place where you're renewing your license and getting new plates feeling great? But that's what happened just because of the way people were interacting. A completely different example is a conversation I had yesterday with a colleague. I don't know her that well. She's a really wonderful woman and very exuberant and energetic. But despite her happy outward appearance, I had a feeling something was off. So I decided to be kind of quiet and really in my listening mode. And she started to share some things with me. And I overcame my urge to commiserate and say, oh, I've been there. I've experienced the same thing. I just decided I'm going to offer the little bit of me I can hear, which is my ear. So I mostly just listened deeply. And I felt really connected to her. I think she felt more connected to me, hopefully helped her a little bit, certainly helped me. Like we're all in this together. There's that feeling we have just from offering our ear to somebody who needs to talk. We don't have to solve their problems. We don't have to give advice. We just have to say, hey, I'm here. I hear you. Your concerns matter. That's, by the way, one of the reasons I love coaching, because so much of it is just listening, just being an ear for someone who needs to talk. Plus, when I can listen to others, it helps me listen to myself better. When I listen to others, I listen to myself better. It's kind of like practice. If if we're always interrupting, if we're always overriding what other people are saying, or if when they're talking, we're, list, we're imagining the next thing we're going to say, if that's how we listen to others, that's how we're going to listen to ourselves, like not 
listen to ourselves. And there's such a huge difference learning how to listen. The smallest things we do can make someone else smile. The care we take shines through and says, hey, you matter. I care about your experience. I was thinking about how it's even the tiniest, weeniest things that make a difference. Because I came from Toronto a few years ago, I still have a lot of friends back there. And it's about two and a half, three and a half hours away, depending on traffic. So when my friends come to visit, they're usually going to stay overnight. And I just love that. But hey, I'm not much of a laundry girl. And changing the bedding is a little bit of an effort for me. And it's no big deal. But you know, it's not something I really enjoy. But sometimes when guests stay, when I go up to their room, what they've done is they've stripped the bed, they've taken the pillowcases off the pillows, and they've taken the sheets off. And they've put them in a pile I can easily take down to the laundry. And I find it really thoughtful. You can make up the bed and make it look pretty. But if you're really thinking about your host, right, she's going to have to strip all that down, right? Like she's not going to be letting somebody else sleep in a bed that you've slept in without changing the sheets. So it's just, I find it so thoughtful when somebody just strips down the bed and does that for me. It feels like such a big thank you. And it actually makes me happy for several hours afterwards. Just the tiniest thing, right? Another small thing I really appreciate is the checkout guy at the Foodland. That's one of the grocery stores near me. He just makes such a big effort to smile and make conversation. There's also at the same store, there's this produce guy. Like This guy is so happy. And he always comes over and asks me if there's anything he can do to help. And he tells me about the latest produce that's come in. And I see him do it to other customers. And it makes me feel so good that these people care and want to connect. People that make the time and effort to convey a sense of cheer to all the people they meet. How nice is that? And it can be so important. It might be the only human contact the shopper has all day with a live person. Sometimes that's even true for me, right? So these little things matter. Another example for me that I talked about in an episode over a year ago was about all the people who helped me in Europe last year when I was pickpocketed. All these people that helped me, you know, they still stick in my mind, like the Italian policeman who was friendly, the hotel that let me stay even though I couldn't produce the credit card to cover any sundry expenses. The person who bought me a mask so I could get on the plane. And especially, especially, especially the investment banker from London who found my wallet with some of the stuff removed, but had the certain ID that was important to me, who tracked me down and took 
the ID with him to New York when he traveled there on business to send it to me from there because he didn't trust that it would get to me if he mailed it from Italy. And when he sent it to me, sent it in this beautiful black velvet card with a feather, which happens to be my thing. A feather happens to be my thing in a card. Like all of this stuck with me so much that I still think about all of these acts of kindness a year later, and it still makes me feel good about humanity. I benefit so much from all of these interactions. I try to make an effort to create some of these experiences myself. I've noticed the more caring and kind I feel towards others, the better I feel about myself. So I enjoy talking up a waiter or a grocery store clerk or a vendor. I especially like commenting on something good someone else has done for me. So maybe they've packed up my groceries with particular care or they've smiled and shared a story to make me laugh or they've taken extra care in a job I've hired them to do. I compliment them from a place of earnest appreciation and they can feel it and they smile and it makes both of us feel so good. Even the smallest things such as getting to stop my car and wave the car that's coming towards me to turn left across my path. So that car doesn't have to wait for somebody else to do that. So easy for me. And I usually get an appreciative nod or a smile and it just makes me feel good. Sometimes savvy souls, when we have these habits of small kind connections, they can lead to something bigger. I keep thinking about Holly. I met Holly when I was in Fort Quapel, that's in Western Saskatchewan, uh, or out West in Saskatchewan, I should say instead, when I was out there for my uncle's funeral. So Holly was my 90-some-year-old uncle's 40-some-year-old neighbor. And Holly, for a long time, she wasn't his next door neighbor. She was down a few houses and they would just wave, you know, kindly and nicely to each other as they were passing each other on the street. But, you know, it stopped and had small conversations, but nothing significant. And then one day my uncle had a fall and she found him and uh, called an ambulance and accompanied him in the ambulance to the hospital. And she started to get to know him better. And she started to just keep a uh, watch on him. And so this habit of being kind to him grew a little bit bigger and they had longer conversations and got to know each other better. And they ended up having conversations over a period of four or five years and I think from all that she said that she really grew to have a deep friendship with him. She learned so much from him. She heard stories and the kind of wisdom that somebody can offer you when they're half a century older than you. And she was so kind to him. And it was just this beautiful relationship of friendship that developed just from this small habit of kindness. 
So savvy souls, you never know what's going to happen. I guess what I'm getting at here, savvy souls, is it's so easy to do these things. When we do, we make our world better and we make someone else's world better too. I like to think that when that happens, we all feel better and we share that goodwill elsewhere and we all feel a little bit more connected. We create that feeling of all of us being there for all of us. And that's the feeling I want Savvy Souls for you this week and for me too. Love you guys. Bye now. So if you're energized by the possibilities you're hearing about on this podcast, but you're wondering how it's possible to actually make what you've been fantasizing about doing actually happen, I'd love you to join me for a free strategy session where we'll talk about coaching together. We'll explore how you can start making what you want possible by taking small, easy steps that add up to something amazing. Just click on the link in the show notes below this episode to book your free call. I'd love to meet you live. And all my listeners, remember, it's finally your time to do what you want.